There are three things that darkness cannot contain. The moon, the stars, and the truth. All three will find their way through the darkness. Truth will often pierce its way through in unexpected ways, at unexpected times, and sometimes through unexpected people. Hello, my name is Lenora Housie, and you're listening to Secrets of the Churched, Revealed to Heal. My friends, I pray everyone is doing well, but if you're not and you're going through a difficult time right now, as we all do, I pray that you have the peace of God in the midst of it all, that Philippians chapter four, verse seven peace, you know, the peace that you don't even understand why everything and everyone else around you is falling apart and you're not. Yeah, that kind of peace. I'm praying that for you. Because I'm a witness. It'll keep you. There have been many times throughout my journey that I've had to draw on that peace, particularly when I was faced with a difficult decision, like the one I made in August of 2015 when I decided to tell my brother Sheldon the truth about who his biological father was and that his was the same as mine. And what I've learned over the years when I've had to face and speak the truth is that, well, it's not always easy. In fact, it can be very difficult, especially when the truth is upending to the image or even memories that people have about those they love. People like their mother or their father. And whenever I struggled with what to say, or even if I should say anything at all, I always looked for that peace, that peace of God to serve as my my gut check, the stamp of approval, if you will, that yes, this truth must be told. So after waiting two years from the time my birth mother died, I finally decided that it was time that Sheldon knew his truth. Now, I don't know why it took Two years after all, the, the promise I'd made to my birth mother was that I would only tell Sheldon the truth about his biological father if and when she predeceased me. So technically, I could have told him the day after her funeral, two years earlier. But I didn't feel that release in my spirit. I didn't have that peace that surpassed my understanding. So I waited. Now, in the spirit of full disclosure, there were many times both before and after Marion died that I wanted to tell Sheldon and where I could have easily told him. I remember our first visit together when he came home from Germany back in 1990. Several times during his four-hour drive from Pittsburgh to Maryland, I received numerous and even back-to-back telephone calls from my birth mother, begging me and pleading with me not to tell Sheldon what I knew. She knew that he had suspected that Herb was his father, and some years later, I learned that he even confronted our mother with his suspicions, on more than one occasion, in fact. And each time, she denied it. And now what she feared the most, that her decades-long secret, a secret that her own husband didn't know, 
she now feared would be exposed. And, you know, for the life of me, I couldn't understand why after all the years that had passed that she still wasn't ready or able to tell her son the truth. Knowing that it was this nagging suspicion of his, knowing that he, like me, knew that he was different. And the fact that Herb was his biological father was common common knowledge to a lot more people than she realized. People in the church, people in their hometown, people in her own family. But that knowledge and that truth was being purposefully withheld from Sheldon. I didn't understand it. He had a right to know what was in his DNA, both physically and spiritually, just like I did. And the more she called me that day, the more tempted I was to tell him. I didn't want to keep living her lie, but I'd given her my word. And I was taught growing up, like I'm sure many of you were, that my word was my bond. So I kept her secret for 25 years. Another time when I was very tempted to tell Sheldon the truth was the day that I learned that Herb, my biological father, had died. I will never forget that day. It was actually one of the worst days of my relationship with my birth mother. It was the day when our relationship took a very sad turn, a turn that I'm not sure our relationship ever really recovered from, to be honest with you. It was during the Christmas holidays back in 2006. Now, what I haven't shared with you all yet is that I actually met Herb some 10 years earlier than this. So around 1996, 97. So no, you haven't missed any episodes of how that all happened. But suffice it to say that it's right in line with the rest of this dramatic and shocking drama called my life. So stay tuned. You'll be hearing that unbelievable story very soon. So I spent this particular Christmas holiday in the Pittsburgh area, visiting both my housey and my birth mother's family. Over the years, I really did this juggling act, trying to give both families my time. And and so what I would customarily do, particularly during the holidays, was I would start by visiting with my birth mother's family, you know, my brothers and my aunts and uncles and as many people as I could fit into one day. Because remember, this was a very large family. So a little of me had to go a long way. Now, I must admit, it was kind of nice to have two families to share the love and the gifts and not to mention the food of Christmas holidays. Shout out to the memory of my late Aunt Ruthie, who made the best deep dish, homemade, butter-crusted apple cobbler you will ever eat. I promise you. Whew, yeah, it was nice. I would usually spend an entire day with this family. Rarely did I stay overnight. Then I would make my way down to the rural part of Western Pennsylvania where I grew up and where I still had family. Both of my housey parents were deceased by this time, but going there for Christmas, well, it was still, for me, like going home. On this particular holiday, and if my memory serves me correctly, 
I think it was Christmas Eve, my brother Sheldon did me the honors of driving me to my sister's house, which was about an hour away. In fact, it was Sheldon and his daughter, my mini-me, who took that Christmas Eve drive that would end up being one of the biggest road bumps of this journey. During the drive, Sheldon and I were just shooting the breeze, you know, just catching up on what was going on in our lives and what was going on in the family. We started talking about a cousin of ours who herself was going through a pretty difficult time. And when I asked Sheldon when he had last seen her, his answer, his very matter-of-fact reply to this very simple question had repercussions and a ripple effect that he nor I could have ever expected. He said to me, well, let's see, the last time I spoke with our cousin was at a service the church held to honor the life of Pastor Herb. What do you mean to honor his life? As in a memorial service, I remember asking him. When Sheldon responded, yes, that it was a memorial service, To this day, I can remember that gut-sinking sense of dread that I felt as I sat in the passenger seat right across from my brother. All I could say was, are you saying that Herb died? Now, keep in mind, up to that point, I never discussed with my brothers who my biological father was. They didn't ask and I didn't tell. And you can be sure that my birth mother never told them. So imagine Sheldon's surprise when I literally burst out in tears after hearing that Herb had died. I remember him asking me, Lenore, did you know Herb? And somewhere between all of my sobbing, I said, yes, I knew him. But Sheldon knew there had to be a whole lot more to my reaction than just me knowing him. So he asked the question that perhaps he suspected all along. And that was, Lenora, was he your father? It was in that instant that I decided that I was no longer going to keep this part of my birth mother's secret, that I was no longer going to protect her nor my birth father from my truth. So I simply answered, yes, he was my father. And let me tell you, it took everything, and I mean everything in me, to keep from saying, and he was your father too. Right there with his daughter, my niece, sitting in the back seat, I started to spill it, all of it. I felt hurt and betrayed. And like once again, someone else's secret and someone else's lies had kept me from knowing this important truth that the man I had just met 10 years before and who, although I'd only spent a little time with him on a couple different occasions, a man that despite all he had done, I really had grown to love and admire, particularly for him finding his way back to a place of grace and purpose in God. And now to find out on in this random conversation that had nothing at all to do with him, to find out that way that he had died and that no one, not even my birth mother, had told me, yeah, it hurt. 
It hurt badly enough that out of my anger, I wanted to shout out, shouting, yes, he was your father too. But I didn't. I couldn't. I'd given her my word that I wouldn't tell him as long as she was alive. And if ever my word, my, my character was put to the test, it was put to the test that night. But all I could hear were the words of my father who raised me, Deacon John Housie. All I could hear him saying was, your word is your bond. He used to say that all the time to my sisters and me. So I remained silent for another nine years until that day in August 2015, when I would finally be released to tell my brother Sheldon everything. You know, like I said earlier, truth can be hard. It can be hard to hear and even harder to tell. But when I weigh the the difficulty of truth against the, the consequences of deception on the scales of justice, in my mind, truth always wins. But I'm going to tell you something else that is equally important as truth. Some might even argue more so, and that is forgiveness. The forgiveness of those who may have kept the truth from you and the forgiveness of ourselves for how we may have mishandled the truth. The day I found out that my birth father had died and that my birth mother purposefully withheld that truth from me for fear that a nearly 50-year-old secret would be exposed, I was not only hurt, I I was mad, I was angry. I felt, here we go again, once again, my life, my existence was being hidden in order to protect someone else's secret, someone else's image, someone else's lie. And I felt that my anger was justified. But what was not justified was the unforgiveness that I bore in my heart against my birth mother for quite some time. That is until I felt the loving yet stern conviction of the Holy Spirit and was forced to do some soul searching of my own. I remember asking myself, or maybe better stated, being asked by the Lord, if I had ever done or said anything that I needed forgiveness for. Well, of course, my answer was a resounding yes, a thousand times yes, And then the words of Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 and 15 came to my remembrance. It says, if you forgive others their transgressions, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But it goes to say in verse 15, if you don't forgive others, neither will your Father forgive your transgressions. So there it is. You don't need a concordance, a Bible dictionary, a deep prophetic revelation to understand those words. I understood them. I was reminded that I could not be forgiven of my sins, and they were plenty, if I harbored unforgiveness in my heart towards either of my birth parents. As a sinner myself, saved only by grace, I had no right to. So that day... Under the spotlight and searchlight of the Holy Spirit, I not only completely forgave Marion, but I also wrote her a letter asking her to forgive me. And on that day, it was the truth and the light of God's words 
in those two simple verses that made me free. So I say to you that are listening, walk in forgiveness. The pain that you were caused, the, the betrayal you may have experienced, you, you have to forgive and you have to let it go. Turn it over to the Lord. He'll work it out. So right now, even while you're listening to this podcast, just take a minute to call out that person's or those person's names who, are, who have hurt you, who have lied to you, lied, lied to you, lied on you, hurt or betrayed you in any way. Call out their names and say, I forgive you. Go ahead, do it right now. Now, does that mean that the pain or the disappointment you feel will miraculously go away? Probably not. Nor will the memory of what that person may have done to you all of a sudden disappear. But again, and I am a witness, when you sincerely and completely walk in forgiveness, you will experience peace like you've never known. And it is the truth about forgiveness that I've just spoken about and that you now know it is this truth that I promise you, my friends, will make you free. You have been listening to Secrets of the Church, Revealed to Heal a production of Be Inspired Global Media. If you have been burdened with a church secret and want to be free and healed, please email us at mychurchsecret at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at ChurchSecrets1. Look for new episodes of Secrets of the Church every other Friday. And remember, you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free.